Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. God and uh, um, I know uh, I mean it's been quite a challenging period for Danny and Anu and the baby, and uh, we are still in that whole phase. Uh, definitely sure, many of you or some of you may have some questions in your mind why this is happening. Uh, is there anybody who wants to express? If you're going through any kind of, would you want to share or anything? Why? I mean, I have questions in your mind about whatever is happening. Uh, I would be happy to uh, share or maybe address those issues that might be in your mind. If there's anyone, is there anybody? Yeah, now uh, uh, let me tell you something. Sometimes we might have questions uh, like, you know, why did God allow something like this? Now you study the Bible and before I get into the word, just short this one. Study the Bible. Uh, Now the Israelites, uh, when they left Egypt to come to the land of Cain and the promised land, you know, it would actually have taken them only 11 years, uh, sorry, 11 days, 11 days to reach Egypt, I'm uh, sorry, uh, from Egypt to reach the land of Canaan. Uh, and there was a, a shorter way, but God took them through the Red Sea. Okay. Now, why did God take them through the Red Sea? The reason is God wanted to show his supernatural power at work. Unless they come to the Red Sea, they would not know that God can divide the Red Sea. Because sometimes God allows us to go through some very difficult, challenging situations in our life to see the hand of the Lord. Now, we do not know how things are going to go in the days ahead. Uh, We will pray. We will continue to trust in the Lord. Our confidence is in the Lord. And want to appreciate every one of you who have been standing with Danny and Anu at this time as a family uh, that God has brought us together. And I know God is answering the prayers. Whatever we see, the progress in the baby is nothing but, uh, you know, God's you know, response of God's answer to the prayers of his children. So let's continue holding them, standing with them. Uh, in prayer and in the spirit, let us be with them. And I know it's your prayers that's really strengthening them at this period of time. Okay, shall we have a word of prayer before we get into the word? Father, uh, even at this moment, Lord, we want to thank you for what you're doing in Danny and Anu's life. Thank you for the gift of the third baby that you have blessed them. As your word says, children are an inheritance from the Lord. And the as your word says, every good gift 
comes from the Father above, and we know it's a good gift. It's a good gift, Lord. And you're a Father who loves us, Father who cares for us, and you will never give us anything that is not good for us, Lord. Thank you. Even through the challenging situations they're passing through, thank you for the doctors, the medical people who have been helping in this whole process, the surgeries and everything. And thank you for all the people that have been standing with Danny, Lord. And out of it, Lord, something beautiful is going to come out, Lord. Lord, your ways are much higher than our ways. Your thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. We keep walking by faith. We keep trusting in you. Though we may not understand all the plans that you have for us, but we will still keep pressing on because we know you want to use us for your glory's sake, Lord. We know that out of this, Lord, Lord, there's a testimony that's going to rise up, Lord, a testimony that's going to encourage many people, Father. Thank you. Lord, even as we're going to listen to the word this evening, speak to our hearts, Lord, as we continue looking at the subject of being under authority. Lord, open the spiritual eyes of your children to understand this revelation, this truth, Lord, the importance of being under authority, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, we've been looking at uh, uh, the subject of being under authority and uh, last week we saw uh, the definition of what is sin. You know, sin is nothing but lawlessness. Sin is disobedience. And we saw that uh, the reason that Adam, uh, you know, fell into sin was he disobeyed the command of God. Sin is disobedience to the law or the authority of God, you know. So disobedience to the law is equivalent to the disobedience to the authority of God. Today, I want to talk about uh, uh, the consequences of disobedience. What happens when we continue in the sin of disobedience? What happens? You see, the reason why we take disobedience casually is because the consequences are not very immediate. We don't see the consequences immediately. But just as a seed that is sown will grow into a plant, disobedience will bring the consequences certainly. They will come. But you know what's happened is the devil keeps this hidden so that we take disobedience very casually and get deceived. That's what happens. Today I want to take you into the life of Cain, the firstborn of Adam. And let's look at what happens with the sin of disobedience. Now Cain was a farmer by profession. His younger brother Abel was a shepherd. Now, in the course of time, if you read that passage, it says in the course of time, Cain brought the offering of the fruit of the ground before the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering of the firstborn of his flock. You know, Genesis chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says, The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Now, that's what it says. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and on Abel's offering. In other words, the Lord accepted Abel's offering, but he rejected Cain's offering. 
Now, what's the reason why God accepted one offering but rejected the other offering? See, Cain and Abel were raised up in a home that feared the Lord. They were raised up in a believer's home. Let's, in a today's world, you would say they were raised up in a believer's home. And both of them brought an offering to the Lord which represented their lives. Now, there is something important that we got to understand here. Cain was not a bad guy. Quite often, we may have an understanding that Cain is a bad guy. No, Cain was not a bad guy. It was not that Cain did not love the Lord. If Cain did not love the Lord, Cain would not have brought an offering before the Lord. The fact, the very fact, forget about the kind of offering, the very fact that Cain brought an offering before the Lord shows that he loved the Lord. And it was not that, you know, Abel was the good guy who loved the Lord. Cain was the bad guy. Let's not look at it that way. You see, Cain was not into any kind of dope. He was not a drug addict. He was not into alcohol. It was not that he was never attending church kind of a character. No, it was not that Cain was far away from anything to do with the Lord. No, no, he didn't belong to that category. In the present day, you see, both would be called as believers because both had communication with God. Both came and offered sacrifices. Both came to the church. You know, if you're looking at today's world, you know, you'd say that both were coming to the church. Both came to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. In fact, Cain had a connection with the Lord. Cain had a relationship with God. Otherwise, God would not have spoken to Cain. God spoke to Cain. You see that? God spoke to Cain. So what we see there is that God spoke. So Cain had a relationship. Both are very sincere in their effort to bring an offering to the Lord. We can say that, you know, let me tell you this. We can say that Cain worked a lot harder than Abel to serve the Lord. Why do I say that? See, to be a farmer was more hard work than being a shepherd. Now, farming is more labor intensive. He put in a lot of work to make his offering to the Lord. The question is, why did God reject his offering even though Cain worked harder? Now, <clears throat> For that one, for us to know that we got to go a little backwards. Now, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, God killed an animal and with its sin covered their nakedness. You know, they were exposed. They, didn't, they, they were in an embarrassing situation. So God killed an animal, took that skin and covered them. Now, with that, God showed, God set a model or set the path to come to the Lord. <clears throat> God showed how you got to make an offering to the Lord. You get only through the blood, shedding of the blood and an animal being killed. They know you can come to the Lord. You, the sin, the nakedness of your sin can be covered up only by that. Now, Cain and Abel were taught by parents that it's only through the slaying of the animal that they could make an offering to the Lord. So when Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground, now that was unacceptable offering. It was not acceptable to the Lord because he was trying to serve God in his own way. That's something we got to understand. He was trying to serve God in his own way. He was operating on the basis of reason and logic, which was outside of God. Rather than have a simple 
childlike obedience that his brother Abel had. He was trying to logically reason out, now this is, this is what I work for. <clears throat> this is what I have done. This is, so let me give my offering. You know, even today, <clears throat> there are so many who make Cain's offering to the Lord. They say, I've given so much of my wealth to the Lord. I have fasted and I have prayed for so many days. You know, many, you know, so I've gone so many great anointed men of God have prayed for me and over me. Now, I've done this, I've done that, I've done that ministry, I've done this, I, you know, I've been there in the church all the time. The question we need to ask is, is it Cain's offering or Abel's offering? If it is Cain's offering, then it's going to be rejected. If your prayers are not being answered, find out whether it is a prayer made out of obedience or disobedience. Remember, we cannot bribe God or buy him out with either our wealth or our influence or our labor. You cannot. You know, <clears throat> let me take you to a passage. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, it says that, it says, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. You see, the author of Hebrews equates the obedience of Abel with faith. In fact, let me tell you, let me make this statement. True faith is founded in obedience. True faith is founded in obedience. A man of faith is a man who obeys God. You cannot be a man of faith and walk in disobedience. Now, once Cain realized his efforts and his offerings were unacceptable to God, Genesis 4-5 says, Cain was very angry and he was very discouraged. His face was downcast. That's what it says over there. Now, this is the classic response of a religious person when he's confronted with the truth. He gets angry. They are, these are people who are very religious on the outside, very spiritual on the outside. You know, we don't use the word religious today. We say, oh, it's very spiritual, man. They're very spiritual on the outside, but very stubborn on the inside. And this anger is because of pride. You know, when somebody confronts you with the truth, and if you react in anger, you've got to understand Behind that, there is pride operating. Pride always rejects God's will or God's ways and replaces it with its own will. So every time someone confronts us with the truth, how do we respond? Let's ask that question. How do we respond when somebody confronts us with the truth? When we respond with anger, remember it is our pride which only wants self-will. Sometimes we may not respond outwardly with anger. We are very nice people. We are the educated ones. So what we do on the inside, we'll be burning with anger. We'll be seething with anger on the inside. See, God was very patient with Cain. And he tried to make Cain understand where he was going wrong. What was his fault in verses Chapter 4, uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, he says, And then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face so downcast? Why are you so discouraged? 
if you do what is right, will you be not be accepted? That's what the Lord was asked. If you do the right thing, you know, to do the right thing here is to obey God. That's what God was trying to communicate to Cain. Cain, all that you need to do is obey God. Obey me. See, God desires obedience over sacrifice. We got to understand that God always desires obedience over sacrifice. God desires obedience over all the ministry that we can do. Now, numerous times in the Old Testament, God told his people, you can read in many places, get rid of the songs and the instruments. He says, forget all of this one. Stop bringing those sacrifices. Why? Look at what he says in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 4. Look, he says, For when I called, no one answered. That's what God is saying. When I called out to the new people, you never answered. When I spoke, no one listened. They were not willing to listen. They sacrificed. They did a lot of things. They gave a lot of money to the temple, but they were not willing to listen. Or you ought to obey what he said. If you don't listen, then you will not be able to obey God. You know, this evening, I want to tell you, beloved, people of God are listening to me. I want to tell you this. The highest form of worship is not all the great ministry we do. It's not all the songs that we sing. It's not the great messages that we preach, but it's simple obedience. It's simple obedience. Now, what was God saying to Cain? God was telling you, you don't have to be angry. You, if you obey me, just as your brother did, then I will accept you and your sacrifice as I did with me. That's what God is telling you. Okay. You know, Lord, the Lord wants Cain in verse 7, Genesis 4, verse 7. He says that, but if you do not do what is right, in other words, if you do not obey and you remain stubborn, Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. There are two things here that God was trying to communicate. The first thing is, it says sin or disobedience, the sin of disobedience as a desire. See, behind that sin of disobedience, Satan is that force that is operating. And through disobedience, through the sin of disobedience, he is going to take control of everyone and everything. And the only way to overcome the power of sin is through obedience. Now, let me take you to a passage, Genesis, James chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds or obedience is useless. Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did or for what he obeyed when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions or obedience were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did or by his obedience. True faith, what this passage says is true faith is described as followed up with works of obedience. If you say that you're a man of faith, if you say you're walking with God, then the works of obedience will be in operation. Faith and obedience are inseparable because obedience is the evidence of true faith. It is doing what the Lord wants us to do without questioning in our mind. 
without questioning in our mind. See, when God was speaking to Cain, he warned him, God warned him, sin desires to take control of you. Cain, sin is waiting there to take control of you. But if you obey me, then you will be able to overcome. There is only one way to have victory over sin, and it's through obedience. That's the only way. And all those who are struggling with sin in your life, here is the answer. Just learn to be obedient to God's word and his authority. The power of sin over your life will be broken. Just obey what God says. The second point that God made to Cain was, you know, uh, verse 7. But if you do not do what is right, in other words, if you do not obey and you remain stubborn, sin is crouching at your door. You see, God noticed something. God is using the word though. Now, this is a figurative door in the life of every person. God is saying sin is waiting at the door of your life. It's the entry point into our life. In this passage, God is saying, you know, God is saying sin is waiting at the entrance of our life. God says, if you disobey, you will open the door for sin and the demonic influence into your life. The moment you step into disobedience, you are opening the door for Satan to enter into your life. But if you obey, then sin cannot enter in. But you see, Cain was not willing to listen to the voice of God. As a result, perhaps jealousy entered into his heart, followed by anger and a desire to kill. He was not willing to listen. He was not willing. He was being disobedient. And as soon as he closed the door to obedience, the doorway was open for jealousy, anger, and the desire to kill. He lost the fear of God. And it was not before long Cain killed his brother Abel. I want you to notice the defined attitude when Cain responds to God's question about where his brother was. After Cain killed his brother, the Lord confronts Cain and ask them this question, verse 9. He say, he asked, where is your brother? And look at what Cain says. I don't know. He replied, am I my brother's keeper? Cain was lying to God, for he knew exactly where his brother was. But look at his defined attitude. I told you in the earlier state, Cain loved God. But you see from where to where he has reached. And now he says, am I my brother's keeper? Now this is exactly what happens when someone allows disobedience into his life, instead of listening to God, when they try to justify and prove that what they have done is right, when we allow disobedience, what happens? We begin to lose touch with the reality of spiritual things. We get cut off from the spirituality, the spiritual things. We begin to look at God very casually. When there is disobedience operating in our life, we are not in the right mind. A very good example of that is Lucifer. Now, when disobedience entered his mind, his reasoning was clouded. He thought he could overthrow God. You can write it down. It's Isaiah, book of Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 17. You'll find over there this incident about Lucifer. Beloved, when we allow that disobedience to enter in, what happens? It clouds our thinking. It can lead us into making many foolish 
and wrong decisions. And if we look back into our lives, at times when we have made wrong decisions in our life, we can always trace it back to those times, those seasons when we were walking in disobedience and rebellion towards God. Look back into our lives, all of us. There have been seasons when we were away from God. We drifted away from God. We were walking in disobedience. And those are the times we have made some of the most biggest blunders, foolish decisions of our life. See, understand this. Cain was not born a murderer. No. He was born in a believer's He was a person who went to church. In fact, you would call him a wonderful believer. His intentions to serve the Lord were good. He wanted to serve God. But how did someone so sincere and diligent end up becoming a murderer? The answer is, he opened the door of his soul to sin by being disobedient. He was not willing to turn back even when God warned him. You know, there is a saying, give them an inch and they will take a mile. That is very true when it comes to the law of disobedience. We might open our life to just a little disobedience, but it is like a crack in a dam. That little bit of opening is like a crack in the dam. The force of water will be so strong, eventually it will break the whole dam like a flood. Now, if we don't repent and turn back, one day it will destroy us. You know, over the years, in the ministry and in my walk with the Lord, I have seen this law of disobedience work in so many people's lives. There have been so many, when they began with God, they were on fire for God. They were very active, doing all kinds of things in the church. They were constantly telling people about Jesus and they've led many to the Lord. Like Cain, they started out very diligently, but in the course of their time, course of time, their self-will was exposed. And when the leadership tried to correct them, they were not willing to receive it. They were not willing to give up their self-will and they were stubborn to continue in the same direction. You see, God might do it directly to you or God might even speak to you through his delegated authority. The leadership that God has placed over your life. You know, sometimes God might speak in your spirit, sometimes God might speak to you through the leadership that God places. Now, these are wonderful people, some of the most wonderful people, until the authority over them tries to correct them. And then all hell breaks loose, and they're very, very mad. That's exactly how Cain responded when God tried to correct him. You see, when authority is exercised over our life, if this is the response that we have, it's only a matter of time before lawlessness takes over their life. Now, it may not manifest in our lives in murder like Cain. We may not murder somebody. But one thing is certain. It is going to manifest in some kind of a form in our life. It could be in the form of greed. It could be in the form of hatred. It could be in the form of anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, strife, gossip, sexual sin, or any other form of bondage that can grip your life. You see, because... Cain was not willing to listen to God. He was not willing to repent and turn back. You know what happened? Jealousy came in. Anger came in. The desire to murder came in. See, we can be deceived into thinking that authorities have not dealt with us 
in the right way. Quite often when the authorities confront us, the leadership confronts us, we may think that they are not doing a good job. In that state of deception, we can be deceived into thinking that. In that state of deception, we can think that we are right with God and all the leadership is wrong. The authorities are wrong. Like Cain, when we rebel against direct authority of God, we can lose the holy fear of God. We, Even though we may say, Jesus is still the Lord of my life, but in reality, we serve a Jesus who is emptied of all his authority and his position. As long as we walk in disobedience, we are emptying Jesus, we are serving a Jesus who is emptied of all his authority and his position. And we will be elevating our human reasoning and logic above the throne and the authority of God. If Cain was living in this generation, if Cain was living in our times, and if you would meet him as a young man whose heart was still tender and serving God, and told him, one day, brother Cain, you will murder your own brother, he would have been shocked and quickly responded. You would have said, that is impossible. I would never do that. I would, in my wildest dreams, I would never think about that. But when he opened himself up to disobedience, he committed murder that was previously unimaginable. So many wonderful believers who are passionate, who have been passionate for God, ended up like King, just because they were not willing to love and embrace the truth of being under authority. They were not willing to listen to the authority. The reason I'm sharing this message is that the Lord may open our eyes and protect us from the deception of lawlessness. If the Lord is showing areas of disobedience in our life, then it's important that we need to repent and turn back. Beloved, I'm not saying that I've not been deceived. In fact, I was for many years. I was walking in the sin of disobedience and I did not know I was walking in rebellion and disobedience and yet kept serving the Lord. Even when I was in the full-time ministry, I did not know that I was walking in rebellion and disobedience. The only thing, it, what I was doing was, I was offering the Cain sacrifice. Every ministry that I was doing was offering Cain's sacrifice until the Lord opened my eyes and set me free. He was merciful. He was gracious to open my eyes and show me. Let me share an incident. In the early 70s, uh, when the New Life Fellowship was just one single church in the city of Mumbai, there were many young people in the church. They were passionate on fire for God, very, very talented. Oftentimes, these young people would be invited uh, to different places in the city and many other places for ministry, to lead worship, you know, to, for translation, to preach the message. They would be invited. Sunday morning, when the pastor would come to church, he would not find many of these young people in the church. On inquiring, he would discover that they were doing ministry in different places. One day, you know, the founder of the New Life Fellowship, Pastor Joseph, called these young people over for a meeting. And he made it very clear to them. He said, henceforth, every ministry and every activity that is done have to come under the covering and the authority of the leadership of this church. He said, no ministry can be done outside the covering of the church and without the permission of the pastor. What happened? Some of the young people were very offended. They began to spiritualize the issue. 
is even the leadership in France as right off and that's what we all we spiritualize they said the pastor was very jealous of what the lord was doing through them pastor didn't they said the pastor did not want them to grow in the ministry they said pastor you know the lord was giving them a worldwide ministry my pastor was being jealous about that they said god has called them for the body of christ and not just confined to one small church <coughs> excuse me and so in anger they walked out of the church but some of those young people came to the pastor and told him that they were willing to come under his authority they said henceforth every ministry that they would do every ministry that they would do would always be through the leadership and in concurrence they would do nothing outside his authority they stayed back in the church fast forward to today's times you know what the ones who stayed back have grown to become mighty men of god not only in the country but even around the world their ministries have expanded god has blessed them in every way and the ones who left the church and the covering of the authority have lost it they're still running they're still strumming the the, the strings of their guitar on the streets of mumbai their family life is broken they've never made it professionally and they are very very shattered people they have not made it anywhere you know over the years i have seen so many people pass through the english church in mangalore young people and i always keep a track of the people who leave the church and i keep studying their lives i keep a track on how they are doing what's happening in their lives some of them have been humble enough to come under the authority of the leadership but some of them have chosen to walk in their own ways let me tell you I want to tell you this the ones who are willing to stay under the authority god has blessed them in every way they have happy families they are being used by god in the ministry many of them are in the leadership and many uh, quite a good number of them are even serving the lord full time and even professionally good number of them are doing very well but the ones who were not willing to bring themselves under the authority are still roaming around the breakthrough has still not come in their life what happened to cain because he disobeyed the law of god and persisted in his own thinking he ended up murdering his brother and he came under the judgment of god verse chapter 4 genesis 4 verses 11 and 12 let's look at that now you are under a curse and you're driven from the ground which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand when you work the ground it will no longer yield crops for you you will be a restless wanderer on the earth disobedience brought a curse cain could not see the fruit of his labor even though he worked hard why he disobeyed god he walked out of the authority and the leadership god placed and he became a restless wanderer when we walk out of authority this is exactly what will happen to us we can lose blessings over the labor of our hands you know these are people who work try everything but somehow they are not able to see a breakthrough in their life and we become restless wanderers in our life we are not able to settle down in one place we are not able to settle down 
in one profession or one job. We, they, these are people who keep shifting. We are not able to see a breakthrough in whatever we do, even though we try many things. Do you see the outworking of the curse of Cain in your life? If you are a person, you're not able to see a breakthrough in your life, check it out. Are you walking under the covering of the leadership and the authority that God has placed over you? Time and again, I'm learning and more and more I'm learning. We don't need to do any spiritual gymnastics for God's blessings. Learn to stay under the leadership God has placed. Learn to be obedient to the leadership that God has placed. The blessing will come. You know, do you see, are you a person for whom things don't work and you keep shifting? Check whether you moved out of the covering of authority or you're still under the authority. You see, God is gracious enough to open our eyes to the areas of disobedience if we are willing to humble ourselves. And if we are willing to humble ourselves and ask, Lord, until we humble ourselves, we will not see the truth. You know, pride will not allow us to see the truth. We've got to humble ourselves. Humility is very, very important. If we have to see deliverance from the areas of disobedience, we need to humble ourselves. Go before God and say, Lord, show me the areas where I've been disobedient to my leadership. You know, like as I said in my first message, you know, we might be obedient on the outside to our leadership, but what about on the inside? What is our attitude on the inside to our leadership? Am I submissive? Am I willing to submit myself and obey my leader, my authority that God has placed over me? Am I willing to do that? This can be, if you, you may be a wife, this can happen to your husband, you're in, in relationship with your husband's authority. This can happen in your relationship with the authorities at your workplace or your colleges, wherever God has placed. This can be your pastor or your leader or your cell leader or anybody, even the government authorities. You know, do we have that humble attitude Willingness to obey, God will bless us. The consequences of you know the consequences of disobedience is that we will miss out on what God wants to do in our life. Like Cain, we can be a restless wanderer, never growing in a place, never growing in a profession, never growing in a family life, never growing in any area of our life. We'll be just wandering without exceeding their breakthrough in our lives. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we want to thank you, Lord. At this moment, we surrender ourselves completely into your precious hands. Especially we want to pray, Lord, even as we looked at the consequences of disobedience from the life of Cain, Lord. Even after you warned him, Cain, even when he knew sin was crouching at the door of his life, but he opened the door through his disobedience. And he came under your judgment and he became a restless wanderer. He never saw a breakthrough after that in whatever he did. Lord, Lord we want to evaluate our own lives. Lord, we want to ask ourselves a question. Lord, am I being obedient not only externally, but also in my attitude, in my heart, Lord? Father, Lord, I surrender myself, Lord. 
Lord, we surrender. Lord, I commit every child of yours here who's listening. Commit them into your hands, Lord. Holy Spirit, speak to them, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give them the grace to humble themselves and surrender their lives, Father. Thank you. Lord, we don't want to lose our blessings, Lord. We don't want to come under your judgment, Lord. We want to be obedient, Lord. We want to be obedient. We want to stay under the covering of the leadership that you have placed over us, Lord. We want to be obedient to them, Father. Thank you. Lord, I commit everyone into your precious hands. Bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.